I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I, I am terrific. It's brilliant sunshine today. Mm-hmm. A little chilly, mm-hmm. but that's okay, right? Yep. It's everyone's it weekly cl- weather report. <laughs> everyone's weekly weather report as we, and we're, we're recording this a little bit later in the week. Mm-hmm. Weekend is right so around the corner. The weekend is right around the corner. And last Tuesday night, I'm going to update all of our listeners. Awesome. The boat went in the water and she ran beautifully. And I, ha- I have a sound I want to play. <laughs> Is that not an amazing sound? Oh, wow. Music to my ears. That is the old boat sitting at the dock. So when mm-hmm. we first put her in the water, it was it was a little, she ran a little bit rough. Not very rough. Just because, you know, she had been, well, she was winterized all winter and we had trouble when we put her away. Mm-hmm. But we thought we had her fixed when we put her in the water or when we put her away. So we got her out, got her started up. We took it around the lake. By the time we got back, so Tim and I were running the boat maybe... 35, 40 minutes, took it back to the dock, waiting for the trailer to be backed in. It is so calm. It is so still that I didn't even have to tie the boat up. Like wow. I just, she was idling and I walked back about 20 feet and I just started shooting that video. Mm-hmm. It was few things. I was going to say nothing is sweeter than that. Yes. A child's voice is sweeter than that. <laughs> But man, right behind that is the sound of that old boat just gurgling there at the dock. And I'm sure you are just thrilled because it was only mid-May when you were doing that. Yes. And last, it was last (laughs) summer, right, that you spent, or was it the summer before that you spent the whole season? We have spent two full seasons. Two, okay. Fighting with it, trying to get it, and, and finally... We did get to use her a little bit toward the end of last year, but You're then right. just before I wanted to put her away for winter, she stopped running again. It just, we had all kinds of problems. And so, you know, why are we having problems? Because it's an old carbureted engine with a distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what finally was the problem was the, the points and condenser in the distributor needed to be replaced. So I replaced them again. A friend of mine um, that, that used to be a mechanic at Brinson Marine for years, uh, Lee Arnold was the guy that. He came over to my house last fall, and finally in November, we got the problem solved. Um, And so when I sent him the video, I sent him several videos (laughs) Tuesday night, different speeds, different RPMs, going down the lake. But then I sent him that last one, the one that I just played, I sent him just at the, toward the end of the evening, and he said I could listen to that all night. Mm, That's so so great. Tradition 2 lives again. She'll be ready Mm. for the boat show the last full weekend in July in Skinny mm-hmm. Atlas, there is a boat show. It is in person. Oh, wow. Folks should go. Yeah, I, I love going, and I love to see your boat there. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm, I will be honest that, that cosmetically the boat is not where she should be. You know, um, <laughs> I won't tell her you said that. Well, she knows. She, she's, <laughs> she's, she's felt neglected for two years. But it was hard to get inspired to like do a bunch of varnish work and paint work mm-hmm. when you weren't sure the engine was going to run. Mm-hmm. So no, um, the paint will be fixed before the boat show. Maybe some of the varnish will be updated by mm-hmm. then. But you know, if not, it's a user boat. It's not, a, it's not what we used to refer to as a trailer queen. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is loved and used by a family as mm-hmm. often as possible. Mm-hmm. So maybe this weekend... We will go out with the family. And, and when I posted the video to our family WhatsApp, 
it was interesting. It was it wasn't even my kids. It was my in law kids that popped up first and said, <laughs> "Can't wait!" Thumbs up, <laughs> applause. My wife was giving multiple applause emojis. So that's so funny. That yeah. you know, I can appreciate that because my father in law has a boat and he wanted us to to take it. In which I said no, but I love <laughs> that he has a boat and that he gets to take care of it and we get to enjoy it when we're there. <laughs> yeah, you know. A, Boats are wonderful, but you have to love them, mm-hmm. especially old wooden boats, because they take extra love. Yeah. But they give it back. People say, well, he's talking about an inanimate object that gives love. <laughs> yes, my, my boat loves me. Okay. <laughs> and my family. So what was your thought when you saw my post? It was funny because, well, first I misread the title and I thought it was going to be about some kind of grand ball like Cinderella. <laughs> Then I realized I had misread it and I started reading the post. And um, as you mentioned that you are not a golfer, I am also not a golfer. I have a lot of golfers in my family, but I myself do not play. And the first kind of, um, I guess, analogy that popped up into my mind that was relevant to me was traveling with kids. Mm. You have to have that same mindset that, was it Richard Lee? Sure. That Richard Lee's mother-in-law shared with him. Yeah. So the title of the post was Welcome the Ball. And I was watching an online training that John Maxwell uh, does on the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was the one. But in that, he said, you know, that he he loves to ask questions. And one of the things that John does, well, John loves to eat, too. (laughs) Um, So what he does is he will invite people to dinners. And then he asks them, so what's the greatest advice you ever received? And so... Mm -hmm. In this case, John was playing in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which he does, I guess, every year. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one year, he actually was on a team where his team finished ninth. So that meant that they got to play in the championship round. And so they were having a dinner, and he was paired up with with golf pro Richard Lee. And, And this question comes up at dinner, you know, Richard, what's the best advice you've ever received? And he said, without hesitation, John, the best advice I ever received was from my Mm mother-in-law. And she said, welcome the ball. And when he explained it, he said, again, I'm not a golfer. He says, you know, you're going to hit a shot and the shot's going to go into a sand trap or it's going to go into the rough. If it was me, it would go in the woods. (laughs) And she said, when you come up again, when you come up to the ball, wherever the ball is lying or laying, whatever they would say the lie of the ball is not always favorable for you, right? She said, just welcome it. Just embrace where the ball is and then hit the ball from, from that welcoming position. She said, if you, if you go up to that ball and you're stressed out and you're angry and you're upset about the fact that the ball went there, your next shot won't be any better. And it really, it's, it struck me because I was struggling this week is what am I going to write about? What am I going to write about? And I had some ideas and I thought, no, this one really is a great one because we can't change what happens, Mm -hmm. but we can change how we react to it. And so I really looked at this as great advice for all of us. As life drops the ball and some some of the balls have a great lie, some have a bad lie, they're still ours to hit from. Mm -hmm. That's the position we have to hit from. So controlling that, assuming a positive life stance in any situation that comes will only improve our 
are playing of that ball. Mm-hmm. That's where you say, you know, when you're in a car with kids, you're on a trip. You got to play the, the trip as it comes. Right. So, so then I thought, well, okay, so that's a great example. And we told people, yeah, here's, so are we done? Well, no, not really. We, I think we need to help people figure out how do we develop a stance where we can really welcome the ball? Because it's not normal. Mm-hmm. The normal stance is to react poorly to the way the ball lies. So I, I threw a couple things out. So I actually, um, one of my coaching clients recommended a book, which I bought. It's a little book. Um, I haven't read it yet. I just kind of quickly thumbed through it today. It's The book is titled How to Bounce When Others Break. Oh, What a great title, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's two images. One is a red bouncing ball and the other one's a, an egg. <laughs> it's kind of broken on the... But it said 10 Top Rules of Resilient People by Dr. Stephen, Steve W. Price. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a quick read. I think there's maybe 115 pages in this book. Hmm. Um, but so I just, you know, I thumbed through that. And so two of the th- one of the things I got out of that book, and that was the, the, it's an acronym FAST, Fast Your Way to Resilience. The F is Face the Facts no matter how painful. So if we think about using the golf analogy, the ball is in the rough. It's in the rough. There's nothing you can do about it. It's in the sand trap. There's nothing you can do about it. A is for attitude. Attitude is everything. So face the facts, but develop a good attitude. And Thomas Jefferson said this. He said, nothing can stop the man with the right mental attitude. Okay, that's great. But then he goes on to say, nothing on earth can help that man the man with a wrong attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Nothing on earth can help somebody who has a bad attitude. Only they can help. Then the S for fast was seek solutions. And T was touch others. And I thought that was an interesting one. And, you know, engage with other people. Ask for help from other people. Be around other people. So that F-A-S-T, I thought, was, was a great one. What are some of your thoughts about how do we, how do we maintain a positive life stance? Because I think you have some, an amazing gift to do that. You may not think you do, mm-hmm. but I think you do. <laughs> I think that I'm not perfect, but I do have an ability to just recognize like you are here. And yep. it doesn't matter where you were or where you're planning to go, but just recognizing, okay, like it's kind of like the face, the facts, like this is where you are. I think that seeking solutions is probably my favorite of those four um, in the FAST acronym because that's that's like playing offense instead of playing defense. Ah, I love it. And it's just like, okay, I I could sit here and complain all day that I'm in the sand trap or that I'm in the woods. My ball would probably be in the woods for sure. Um, But if you can think of it like, okay, I'm here, I'm in the sand trap, I'm still you know, 50 yards closer to the hole than I was when I started. And I have a, a path forward. Um, I, I think that, yep. that that's really important for, for resilience. And um, I think something I learned from you was, th- was thinking, was reframing failing and looking mm. at it as a first attempt in learning. And I think yeah. that that really comes into play with resilience um, because mm-hmm. Nothing, not, not everything will always go the way we planned. Some things will. That's true. But a lot won't. And so I think that flexing this resilience muscle and, and 
constantly using it um, just allows it to be that much easier the next time because it is inevitable. Sure. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. I, and I like that. Um, and, you know, I think it's interesting. I'm not surprised that you would pick, you would pick seeking solutions because you are a solutions person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I noticed that about you when you get, when your back is up against a wall, you just figure out solutions. You mm-hmm. find a plan to work through the problem. Whereas a lot of people just throw their hands up and say, well, there's nothing we can do. And you're like, no, yes, there is. Um, I, I think one of, one of the things too is making sure we surround ourselves with positive people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, and, and if you're around and we've said this on the podcast, you know, you and I are getting close to a four year anniversary here mm-hmm. for our podcast. So we've, you know, we've, this is, this is episode 207. So we've had a lot of conversations and I've said you, sometimes people need to change the people that they hang with. Mm-hmm. Stop being around negative people. They will drag you down and, and make your life miserable. Now, that doesn't mean that we just ditch our friends, but we have to help them. If they can't see a path to, to turning toward a positive direction, yeah, then we may have to choose to, in, to bring other people into our life with more frequency. Mm-hmm. So surrounding yourself with, with um, more positive people. I made another note here, finding your emotional recharging stations. I love that. Because, you know, I, I, people know that, that they probably our listeners know that I'm a Ford fan because I've talked about, you know, American Icon, the book mm-hmm. about Alan Mulally's turnaround of Ford. Ford's come up with this, this brand new F-150 called the Lightning, mm-hmm. which is amazing. What's amazing about the Lightning is the, sell, the price point that they're going to sell that at. And that and, I think some of the components are being made locally in Syracuse. Absolutely. The <laughs> Look aluminum, at me. <laughs> the, you are awesome here. The aluminum for the F-150s is produced in Oswego, New York mm-hmm. at Novellus, one of our Mackie member companies. By a Mackie member, member, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, two of my boys have um, relatively new F-150s. Um, but both of them talked about, wow, this, this Lightning could be a tremendous opportunity. It's totally electric. Their only drawback is, and people are saying, how did he start talking about a pickup truck when we're talking about recharging stations? Because the, the, the distance that this F-150 can go is about 300 miles. On one charge? And there enough on one charge. It's actually 300 to 350 miles That's because there aren't, it, which I thought was great, yeah. right? It's really good. But that my boys like said, yeah, my boys said there aren't enough recharging stations yet. Yeah, I've heard that. I said, but they'll get them. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. So if we want to maintain a positive life stance, we just have to figure out where our charging stations are. Mm-hmm. Now, I said to my boys, not that I want them to go into debt for an F-150 Lightning that hasn't even, you can't even buy yet. You can reserve them. You get in line, so to speak. Was you plan your trips where the recharging stations are. Mm-hmm. So if between here and if I'm going 500 miles, I got to know that halfway there, where can I charge my pickup? And that's where you stop for lunch. See, that's how I work the food in. <laughs> we just, you know, just take a little longer and have some lunch. Same thing with our emotional state. What are our charging stations? You know, I played a charging station audio for me at the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's the boat engine idling so if i'm really down i'll just watch some videos of the boat Mm -hmm. 
I'll go through pictures of my grandkids or my family in the boat. Recharges me, gets me focused again. So have them handy. Figure out what music lifts you. What Another thing that charges recharges me are leadership lessons, podcasts, and video. I know it's weird. The other th- just in, so people don't think I'm completely strange, I also enjoy bass fishing videos and wooden boat restoration videos. So there we go. <laughs> there is some normal stuff in me. Um, learn your triggers. Yeah. You know, what? so what are some of your triggers? Um, well, that, that's a personal question, isn't so it? So <laughs> it, when it comes to um, work-related things, I think one of my triggers is when um, something needs to be done at a pace that I'm uncomfortable with. I'm, yep. I have a, t- I'm a you know, trained, detail-oriented person. I am used right. to having the time to go through things with a fine-tooth comb because that's what I get paid to do mm-hmm. when things are on a timeline that makes me a little anxious. Yep. That's a trigger for me. Yeah, exactly. And the good news is, you know it. Mm-hmm. So now I know when I'm approaching this, where's my charging station? Yep. For me. And we've talked about, it was all, it was last week's podcast mm-hmm. when I overcommit and I start feeling behind I know that that's going to be, I have trouble keeping that positive life stance because I know what's going to happen. So I've got to not only work on not overcommitting, but making sure that I've got those recharging stations. And I think those two go hand in hand and, and they're, they're tough. It's, I, I made the mistake for a really long time thinking that my recharging needed to be something like really extravagant. Like it it had to be like a week's vacation or it had to be like a weekend spa trip until I realized that it could be smaller things, more, more frequent, smaller things were, was actually more beneficial for me. And so it's like two, two phase, like you have to figure out what it is for you. And then you have to know when it's time to get there. And so it's like, Knowing, okay, okay, I just need 15 minutes to read, to, you know, to read a, a non-work related book. Yeah, um, exactly. And then I think for the triggers, that's also important to identify, to take the time to identify and then to share. Because once yes. you can share that with your team or with your supervisor and not as a way to make excuses, but just to say, I was feeling overwhelmed last week because of this trigger. Here's how I'm addressing it. Um, it it helps kind of you can work through it a little bit better and then it's not so jarring the next time right exactly you you're you're exactly right you know one of the things that's interesting is um i communicate with my immediate supervisor and my coworkers through my weekly posts mhm because most of them i not most of them i know randy reads them I know you read them because you edit them. I I know several. (laughs) I know several others read them. Yeah. So it's like the staff automatically knows where Dave is. Yeah. And if Dave's writing a piece about overcommitting, oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. We better we better help him here. Mm -hmm. You know. So and and for me that's just kind of it's I'm kind of cheating I guess. You know. And then if they would listen to the podcast, they'd even hear more about how messed up Dave gets. But you might be helping other people identify their triggers. And I think once you can put a a name or a label to it, and you can even yes. call it like you can you can name your trigger. Like you can say, 
that overcommitment, you can be like, Johnny's here again. I, yep. need, I need to, I need to um, say hello to Johnny and tell him I don't have time for him today. And right. so you address the trigger and you move forward with a positive mindset, knowing that you said, you know, I, I, I don't need you here. Exactly. One, one of my mentors that, that has sadly moved on just because his life had changed. He, he had to battle an illness that, mm. that I think took um, a lot of his, his time and his energy away. But um, he used to, he was the one that shared with me the, the positive affirmations and the power of them. And, and he talked about the, the self-limiting belief, which was one, you know, that was one of his triggers was this self-limiting belief. And he actually named it Robert De Niro. <laughs> he said, it's a person, it's a voice that talks in my head and it's Robert De Niro. And he actually had a little Robert De Niro doll action figure kind of thing. And he said, I put Bobby on trial and I convicted him of lying Bobby. and I sentenced him <laughs> And I sentenced him to spend the rest of his existence on the top of my bookshelf facing the corner. And then he sh- there was a class he was teaching, and he showed a picture of his bookcase with this Robert De Niro doll facing the corner in his office. Just that thing naming mm-hmm. what it was that was going to tear him down. Like you said, that trigger, whatever it is, mm-hmm. give it a name. You know, and, and Robert De Niro no longer is bothering Ed because he's been sentenced to sit in the corner. <laughs> I love that. Another way to maintain a positive life stance is to plan in your schedule time to help other people. Because mm-hmm. if we focus on the needs of others, we don't have time to whine about our own. And if we think about it, you know, as bad as my scenario is, there's a lot of people that would love to have my problems. Right. Because they're battling horrific things, mm-hmm. you know, terminal illnesses, um, sick children. You know, um, one, one of my coaching clients was talking about one of their direct reports is going to have, uh, has an infant child that's going to need surgery. And it just, mm-hmm. it just tore my heart when I heard that. Yeah. You know, so when you start helping other people and you focus on their needs instead of yours, guess what? Life gets a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Keeping a gratitude journal. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we usually do it in the fall, but man, what a, just help you figure out. It keeps reminding us of what's really going well in our life. And we've got plenty that's going well. Last thing maybe I would want to mention is um, focus on the present and find joy in little. Because mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Yep. Just if just the day, you know, it's, it's cool today. Yeah. It's pleasantly cool today. Now, maybe people that were unhappy when it was 92, well, today it's, it's nice and cool. Mm-hmm. Open the window and that fresh breeze just blows right in. Yeah. Little things that can just cheer us up. I think, I think last summer, I think I wrote a piece about when I was, I'm pretty sure I did when I was taking one of my walks in the morning and it was a really warm morning, but I got to this one part in the road where this cool breeze just blew across the street. Mm-hmm. It was like amazing. It was just, there was a gully with a creek and it was shaded. And when the wind came through there, it was just so much cooler than the rest of the, 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 the air. That's what we talk about, like finding, being totally present and finding joy in the small. Mm-hmm. 
So what did we miss? What did we forget or did I not talk about about welcoming the ball? Or welcome to the ball, whatever. <laughs> it's not Cinderella, folks. <laughs> it's not Cinderella. <laughs> um, you know, I think we I think we covered a lot. And I think that Richard Lee's mother-in-law gave some really good advice. Absolutely. So now maybe what I need to do is get a golf ball and just leave it on my bookcase so I can remember this going forward. It's a good idea. I found one in my yeah. yard yesterday when I was gardening, so... Wow. Maybe that was a sign. Maybe it was. Maybe that was the sign that we, you have the reminder and I need to go out and find one. <laughs> so any, any exciting plans for the weekend? Um, no, I'm just working on my hobbies and our bucket list. I think I shared that I'm trying to garden. I also decided a, to take up tennis. Now. Yeah. Wow. Tennis. Good for you. My mom plays tennis competitively now. Wow. Um, and she um i thought it would be a really nice thing for us to do together so absolutely we went out for my first lesson last weekend and um this is my golf i think i don't i can't imagine myself yeah. playing golf but nope. i am uh, certainly applying i think some of those some of that golf wisdom to my tennis game that's great yeah no i i'm not a golfer either i could probably watch competitive tennis oh yeah but i, I- but I probably would never play competitive tennis. <laughs> I'm playing social tennis. <laughs> well, that's good. So, hey, I hope you have some, some maybe you can get out and play some tennis. Mm-hmm. How about you? Super. Um, I'm going to try to go for a boat ride. I was hoping you'd say that. It's going to we'll be a little see. chilly. It might be, but you know what? Hey, that's what jackets are for. Yep. So, so with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Book.